Psalm 55 from the Church Bible, page 574. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. At the voice of the... It's gone blurred. At the voice of the enemy or the states of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and bleeding have... I've gone blurred again. This is very focused for you too. Beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. Confuse the wicked, O Lord. Confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with the throng at the house of God? Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the grave, for evil finds lodging among them. But I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning and noon I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. He ransoms me unharmed from the battle waged against me even though many oppose me. God who is enthroned forever will hear them and afflict them. Men who never change their ways and have no fear of God. My compassion attacks his friends, he violates his covenant His speech is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are among more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn seconds, swords. Cast your care on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. But as for me... I trust in you. Sorry about that. We should rejoice because we are experiencing the birth pains of the second coming of our Lord Jesus. We shouldn't be surprised at these things, and certainly nothing surprises God. And whilst they are most awful, where another month, week, day, hour, minute nearer to the second coming of our Lord, you know as well as I do that the Uh, Christmas machine starts up what the end of July, August and it moves on relentlessly churning out all this (laughs) nonsense that we we have Um, but no thoughts go to the second coming the second advent the return of our Lord Jesus before we come to communion we're going to sing again from heaven you came helpless babe Let's just turn to the Lord and ask for his help. Gracious Lord, we have before us your holy word. And we want to learn of you and from you tonight. Would you clear our minds, 
open our ears and our hearts and the things, Lord, that are on our mind, things we need to do when we get home tomorrow, next week. Lord, let's put them all aside and focus on you. Help us this night, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, probably the most asked question of all time, the question that most people seem to ask is, how are you? We meet one another and we say, how are you? How's things? And that's natural. But probably the least truthful answer is, yes, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. Are you okay? Yes. I'm, we're, everybody's fine. We're all fine. Everything's okay. Now, we may know how we feel, but we struggle to find the right words. And to share those right words with the right people. In a way, we don't give a truthful answer because we, we don't want to seem vulnerable. We don't want to expose how our true feelings. And so we say, I'm fine. Most days, we are okay. And then the next, we're down. One day, we're just full of the joy of the Lord. And the next, we, we can be in a, almost like a black pit. We're under the circumstances. A cloud of despair can just settle upon us. What's happening? What can we do? How can we cope? Who can help? And more importantly, who understands? Well, we see from the life of King David, the shepherd king, every facet of human emotion and characteristic. He knew the heights of joy, and he also knew the depths of sorrow and despair. God loved him. God used him. God inspired him and enabled him. And through his God, he was inspired to write many of our psalms, including the one that we're going to look at in a moment. Psalms that have been a source of blessing, challenge and encouragement to many, including myself, over many years. The shepherd King David, who could relate personally to the extremes of physical, emotional, and spiritual situations. Our Lord Jesus taught in many ways. He was the ultimate teacher, the master teacher, and recognized as such. And one of the ways he taught was in parables. Heavenly meanings with earthly illustrations. You see, Jesus taught in picture language so many times. He looked at things around, at sheep and goat and wheat and tares and trees and flowers and all manner of things. And the psalmist did exactly the same. And when we look at the psalms, we see so many times prophecy of the coming Christ and in particularly 
of the suffering Christ. David is inspired to write in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, you do not hear. And in the night season, and I am not silent. Familiar words, familiar words from the cross. When the Lord Jesus was on that cross, in utter isolation, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here are the words of utter anguish from the Saviour's dying moments. The last seven sayings of the cross, which we've looked at several times in the past. And here is Jesus on the cross, utterly overwhelmed. No one seems to care, not even God, not even his Father. But we can rejoice, friends, that Christ was forsaken on that day that we will never be forsaken again. In fact, his word is all the way through. Old Testament, New Testament, like a wonderful thread. Never will I leave you, nor forsake you. If you live alone, you may get lonely. You may feel isolated. You shut that door, and that's it. It's just you. But it's not just you. Because if you know the Lord and you love the Lord, you can claim his promises. You can say, Lord, your word says that you will never leave me, nor forsake you. And I need to know your presence. And I need it now. We can take God at his word. And before we look at Psalm 55, very briefly, I promise you, I want to just touch on Psalm 102. Psalm 102 has a subtitle, and it says, The Prayer of an Overwhelmed Saint. The Prayer of an Overwhelmed Saint. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in my day of trouble. Incline your ear to me. And in that day that I call, answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke and my bones are burned like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass so that I even forget to eat my bread. Because the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like a pelican in the wilderness, an owl in the desert. I lie awake and I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. The prayer of an overwhelmed saint. We read there that his heart is withered like grass. He has lost the will to live. His heart is just overwhelmed. And he describes himself. And I think if you have an IV, it probably won't give the actual birds that I'm reading from New King James. And he says, look, I am like a pelican in the wilderness, an owl of the desert, and a sparrow alone on the housetop. I feel absolutely alone. A pelican in the desert, owl in the de- a pelican in the wilderness, owl in the desert, and sparrow on the rooftops. Well, our reading today in Psalm uh, 55, what I want to just pick up a few points. 
it's a wonderful psalm and we, we really don't have time to, uh, to unpick it in great detail. But in Psalm 55, we read that David felt exactly the same. And in Psalm 55, he's crying out to the Lord. He's crying out. Verse 4 of Psalm 55 says, My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. And horror has overwhelmed me. This is serious stuff. And I think at some time we can all feel like this. <coughs> and then he says something really, really serious. And I said, Oh, that I had the wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander, away, wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. I want to disappear. I want to leave this lot. I just want to go. All oh, that I had the wings of a dove and I could just take off and leave this situation behind. I did a little bit of fishing on Goodle. And each year in the United Kingdom, round about 180,000 people disappear. 180,000, give or take a few, just disappear. Just take themselves out of the social scene, out of the picture, to find a new life, usually in our cities. These folks that we see in the shop doorways, we had our little break uh, down in Bournemouth last weekend, and literally the streets... I've got so many people, so many people sitting in the doorways, playing something maybe, I don't know. What a sad, sad situation. And even sadder is that the majority of this 180,000 who disappear are between 15 and 21 years of age. These are our young people. These are our heritage this is the future of our country, who feels so overwhelmed, just like David, they cannot cope anymore. If anyone says, I can't understand why people live on the streets. Well, we can actually. We had a friend at Kingsbridge, and he just turned up one day. He'd be living on the streets of Plymouth, and cutting chunks out, he, he was... He, took over the cleaning and caretaking of the church at Kingsbridge. And at different times he would share little things from why he lived on the streets. It was not an easy choice, I promise you. But this is King David. This is the one with a heart after God's own. The one who could stand up to Goliath. The one who feared no one and nothing. And he wants the wings of a dove. I want to just get out of here. In the 1960s, there was a song, Make the World Go Away. Get it off my shoulder. Get it off my shoulder. Do you know that record sold millions? Because so many people could relate to it. Make the world go away. 
get it off my shoulder. And then he carries on. I would wander far off, remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. David's not talking about wind and rain and what we've experienced over this last couple of days. He's talking about these people who are, excuse me, are around him. You see, it's bad enough when a stranger causes you deep distress. Sometimes you see up and down King's Ice in different places and Tuinue lights. People are banging horns and shouting windows, you've cut in front of me and all these kind of things. And it's upsetting and then they drive off and they're going to annoy somebody else. You'll never see them again, hopefully. But what about when it's someone who's close? What about when it's a so-called friend? Well, this is worse. Well, David had this experience and so did Jesus. We saw in John's message this morning about the betrayal of Judas. Jesus Jesus knew from the word go exactly what this man would do. He knew he was robbing the purse. He knew exactly what he would do and when he would do it. But he called himself a friend. He wasn't a stranger that betrayed him, but one within that inner sanctum, one named amongst the twelve. And David feels the same, and he writes this in the same psalm. It was not an enemy who reproaches me, for then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has magnified himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. The worst possible kind of hurt that we can experience is hurt from another one who professes to be a believer, to be a Christian. There's several books been written on the subject, one in particular which I've used at different times, and it's called, very sadly, Why Do Christians Shoot Their Wounded? Should a book be necessary to be write a book about how we treat one another? Why do Christians shoot their wounded? The emphasis of book, the book is when everything's all right, when everyone's well and everyone's happy and everything's going good, well, that's great. And then when something goes wrong with somebody, then those who you've worshipped with, David says here, We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. How wonderful. And then someone has turned against him. Hurt by someone who was called to love him. And in our hurt and our anger, it could be as David's. God, you punish them. You zap them. You take them out. You sort them, Lord. Because I can't. I can't. How much better when David says in that verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he 
shall, I'm putting emphasis on that word, he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He will never permit them to be shaken. God will stand your corner. We have an advocate in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ who speaks up for us. He stands our corner and he will never ever let the righteous be shaken. I can't bear this, Lord, but you can. And I need help and I need it now. Dear Peter, the very one that denied, he swore, who blasphemed. I never knew this man. And later on, when he was restored, and Peter went on to write his, um, his two letters. And Peter writes this, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I want to promise you friends tonight. You are loved with an everlasting love. Cast all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. He cares for you. Not because I say so. I care for you. That's good. You care for me. But because the Lord cares for us. He cares because he loved. He cared enough to die. He loves you. Look to the cross. Look to beyond. One of the things that we use quite often in uh, chaplaincy uh, is the little wooden comfort cross. And quite often we come across Christians, believers, served the Lord for many years, and yet they're set aside in hospital. And as good as our hospital is, it's an alien environment. And there you are, you're unwell, you might not have had the visitors that you anticipated, and you're alone, and then you're thinking, and that's the trouble, if you're on your own and you've got too much time to think sometimes. And quite often, when we've established that someone has a faith, we will give them one of these crosses, a holding cross or a comfort cross. And when they are focused upon the cross... Because we are physical people, we have senses. We rely on what we can see, we can hear, we can touch, we can smell, we can taste. And when we cling to the cross, when we look, that's when we can refocus on just how much we are loved. And that little piece of wood has been so useful uh, to us when we have those difficult situations. When someone is struggling to focus on the Lord, focus on the cross and you will see just how much you are loved. Jesus has so many, many things to teach us, to tell us. We are not to seek revenge. We are not to crave the wings of a dove and somehow disappear. But we are to seek the Saviour, the very one who's promised that everyone can come to him. We've used this passage many times and I would never tire of using it. In Matthew 11 and we read the words of Jesus. Come unto me, all you labour 
and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. So positive. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the invitation to come to him and say, Lord, you know how I feel. You understand. You know you created me. You gave me my soul. You gave me all my feelings. You know exactly who's upset me, what's troubling me, what I need to do. So I'm coming to you, Lord. I'm casting all my burdens upon you. I'm taking my yoke upon you. I want to be joined to you as I move through this situation. Friends, you may have come here tonight, I don't know, feeling like a pelican, an owl, or a sparrow on the rooftop. Look around tomorrow. Look at birds flying on their own and think, that's just how David felt. And I don't want to feel like that. I'm going to leave the last word with Isaiah. And every time I'm in this chapel, my eyes are drawn. I look around at the text. And that one in particular is just so, so precious. The words of Isaiah. He, that is the Lord, gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. 15 to 21 year olds who need to know the Lord. This is why we should be praying for street pastors. This is why we should be praying for the, um, the opener mission. And all these organizations that will come alongside our young people, that will befriend them and give them hope. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God's word is God's promise. The big question is, will we avail ourselves of his word? Or will we say, yeah, that's all very nice for them, them, and them? And can I promise you, friends, that when anyone is called to share God's word, he's got to speak to us as well. I understand what David's talking about. I've been there. And we've had to fall upon the Lord as never before. And every word of God proves true the big question is will we let's come to the lord in prayer gracious lord we thank you for your word for the wonderful promises that we've heard tonight prayers from the psalmist in the depth of despair crying out to you now lord our situations may not be that serious or they may be we may be anxious, troubled, concerned. We may be being hassled by someone or something. Oh Lord, let us cling to your word tonight. Your word is your bond. Your word is true. And Lord, if there's one or more amongst us tonight who is struggling, Lord, in any situation, 
just burn these very words into their very soul. May the light of your word, that wonderful Rima word, be so precious to them tonight. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for leaving your Holy Spirit to each of us. And on this day of remembrance, above all, we thank you for Jesus. For it's in his name that we ask. Amen.